Me, I'll be singing that Miguel, bro. So, were you doing that in the locker room back in the day? Back in the day, I've been doing it ever since, bro. That's wild to me. I really didn't know. Like, I, I honestly, yeah, like, I was, bro. I told you, I was gonna say, um, uh, from the jump, like, you, you said you were in the studio there the other day, and I was like, is he rapping? I thought nah. maybe he was rapping, but damn, man, you can sing. Fuck yeah, bro. So, where did it come from? Like, anybody in your family, or just like you said, just listening to music and. Honestly, just listening to music as a kid, it just, you know, I always loved music and it was always something I wanted to do, but, you know, I had to, to focus on hockey at the time, right? So it wasn't much time to do it. And then, you know, I'd be singing in the locker room, I'd be singing at home and stuff like that. And people were kind of like, yo, shut up, lovey, you know? <laughs> this is mind blowing to me. Like, but I can't believe key, I actually low didn't. Key, low key, low key, lovey got some vocals, you know? I, I guess like... Tell me the vibe, like the studio, who's who's producing, who's mastering and engineering. Like, are you guys all hands on involved like that or, or, or are you guys just kind of like doing your thing? It was mostly in the studio with the boys, you know, like my friends that were rapping or my friends that were had his track. You know what I mean? So I ended up doing that and just going into the studio and, you know, I'd go to my friends, uh, little shows and shit like that. So then the managers were there and I was just, you know, I'd crack a little one, two, little two, one, two vocals and then. You know, my boy, my boy, Baby Rose, he's got an album and all that stuff. So, you know, he was always telling me to come into the studio and he's a hockey player, too, actually. So we grew up as as young kids and he knew I can always sing, but he took it more seriously than I did. You know, so, yeah, basically, that's how it came about. That's tough, man. That's tough. So, like, is there any plans to release anything in the near future? Or are you guys still kind of like blueprinting things uh, right now? It's just trying to get a foot in the door and just try to get in the studio to begin with right now. You know, writing is a little hard, but, you know, singing for me, it comes out naturally. But definitely I got a lot of stuff on my mind. I've been through a lot. So, you know, I definitely got some stuff to let off my chest, you know. That's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie, Del. I'll be completely real with you. It unplugged and your voice was coming out through the speakers and I was just like. <laughs> and you couldn't see the video yet because I still had the video shut down and I was just yeah. like, holy fuck, this man can actually sing. Like, damn, yeah, man. I guess like back to the humble beginnings, obviously hockey got in the way of the music thing at first, but yeah. um, like, where did you start playing in terms of minor hockey? When did you know that you were going to end up being a major junior player? And and I guess just kind of give us like a quick run through about the, the beginning of your story. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think it was Bantam when I first started actually coming out and you know being a known player especially around my region where about where I was coming from so you know doing the tournaments and stuff like that I was fortunate to have a, a really good coach back in the day um Stefan Lepin and he always kind of kicked me in my ass and told me like you have something you know you could always do something and you know my head was always back and forth between football and hockey and you know I actually had my coaches fighting <laughs> for me to come to football games or come to hockey games or tournaments or whatever and then I would try to make both of them. I'd be half dressed with my hockey gear on, going to my football game, getting dressed in the car. And, <laughs> you know, so, but no, as a, as a hockey player in Quebec, you know, you, your name gets out there when you start, you start playing with the best, right? So, I mean, and I always was that physical kind of guy. 
I loved making hits and stuff like that, especially when it came to football. So I brought it on the ice and I was never intimidated or nothing like that. Did I know the game of hockey? Not as much. I needed to learn it. But when it came to the the natural abilities to skate and how to shot and, and hitting people, you know, you don't, you can't really teach all that stuff at the same time too. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, that's interesting. I didn't actually have a football background. See, this is why I had to do this, man. I no, for sure, for sure. I'm learning so much about you already. We're like five minutes into this thing, and you're already <laughs> your mind completely. Some football background, jeez. Yeah. Like, football it's, it's like I, uh, the 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 first gentleman I had on the show, Alex DeCarolis, me and him actually talked about how there's not a lot of like two sport interactions anymore. Like yeah. nowadays, when you get to that, you were talking about bantam. When you get to that level, kids are forced to play one sport or the other. Do you think yeah, that's a good sure. thing or a bad thing for kids? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing, but at the end of the day, if you want to focus on something and you want to, you know, you want to pursue your dream in a, in a, in a certain sport, you know, you gotta, it's gotta, you gotta be hundred percent in. Right. So, you know, you, you see guys going NCAA and division one and stuff like that, and they're playing two sports and they have a, they got to make a choice at the end of the day. Right. So you just got to be fully focused on what you want to do. And I, I think it takes, you know, at a young age to, to know what you want because at the end of the day you can have all the skills in the world but if you ain't really pursuing your dream that you want to be doing then you ain't gonna really do it right you're always gonna confuse, be confused at the end of the day do i have regrets that's a yeah. different story do i have regrets yes in a way just because i see some of my friends doing it big with uh, you know cfl and stuff like that but i think i had a, a pretty good career career wise when it comes to hockey I got to experience certain things that other people didn't get to experience. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll never yeah. knock that, knock that feeling. Right. So. No, that's, that's, a, that, that's actually a really good way of putting it. Cause it was just like, you may have excelled in football and, and looking back, seeing those guys still continuing their careers. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they have, that, but what you were able to accomplish at a young age was incredible. So, I, I mean, I guess on topic, like when did you fully commit to hockey? Was it Bantam or is it even further on from that? Uh, it was bad. My second year Bantam going in and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. We were already talking about, you know, trying out for team Quebec and stuff like that. Did I make it? No, I didn't make it. But I mean, my name was still up there in the conversation. So, you know, so I kind of just stuck with hockey and that was, that was it, you know, and it was history from there on. And, and I was actually from Bantam, my second year Bantam, I was supposed to go try out for major AAA instead of play Bantam. Oh shit. So, yeah, there was a couple of us, but, uh, you know, knowing that I had a good coach and stuff like that, and we were doing tournaments um, in Toronto and, and away from home. So I was still going to get that good hockey at the end of the day, you know, and I got to be with my friends at the same time, too, because I was still trying to have fun with it still, you know. So, um, no, it was a it was a good ride. Uh, I mean, I'm glad and glad that I didn't go try out Midget Triple A because at the same time, too, um, my first year major triple A that I made, uh, there was a little bit of a, a fuss going on or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, some disagreements. So I ended up, uh, getting like sent down or quit, whatever you want to call it and played midget espoir. And during my years and my time when I was playing, you couldn't play midget espoir two years in a row. So I was, uh, it was good that I, that I did do it because I would have been stuck playing, you know, Bantam double A, I mean, midget double A or something like that and not having the opportunity to play midget triple A yeah. or midget S4. So, yeah. 
the exposure wasn't an issue at that point because you you were already on some radars and you ended up getting drafted. So I guess kind of like talk about that bridge, I guess that year, because that year would have been the year that put you on the map. Definitely. I mean, uh, I spoke to some teams. I didn't speak to all of them. I spoke to like maybe like five or six teams, you know, and I still ended up going, I think it was like, what, 49th overall. So it's still pretty, pretty good numbers, you know. Yeah. Still top oh, yeah. So I was definitely happy about that. Um, coming out of Midget S Bar, there was still a good amount of kids still coming out of Midget S Bar going in the in the first and second and third. So definitely was uh, it was a good experience. Honestly, did I think I I wasn't gonna be mad if I didn't get drafted, but I got drafted, and honestly, it was probably the the team that I wanted to get drafted by was the Halifax Reset. So I was definitely ecstatic about that. You must have been aware of like what was bubbling at that point. Like there was something here that was looking special. It was a year away of being special. We needed a little bit of toughness and a little bit of grittiness. Yeah, no, definitely. Ella from, you know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> I guess I guess uh, you get drafted. You know, you still had to try out and make the team, I'm assuming. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, the first year I ended up coming into camp, you know, we had some top names coming in. Uh, you obviously, Nathan McKinnon is a big, uh, is a big name in that. Um, so, I mean, and Drew and I was there, too, as well. Coming into camp, I was obviously nervous. I was a young kid, right? You know, didn't know what to expect. Uh, didn't really train much for that summer, you know, because uh, <laughs> it was like basically, you know, you, I'm, I would say not naturally gifted, but, you know, like everything kind of came natural, you know, when it came to working <laughs> out and stuff like that. So for me in my head, you know, as a young kid, 16, 17 year old, I was a little stubborn in my head. So I didn't even, I didn't even work out that summer, but <laughs> I had like little trainings here on ice and off, but uh, I ended up going into camp and I ended up being one of the last cuts. And, um, you know, it kind of broke my heart because that was the first time I ever, ever kind of got cut from something, you know? So it definitely took a toll over me. And then on top of it, going back, I had to go back and play Major AAA. So at the time, uh, I went back to the midget play the grenade uh, Gennady. They switched their names, and uh, basically the coach didn't even know about me. So then oh, after shit. they they ended up releasing me before camp even that midway through camp, or they had already made their team, and uh, I had to make a last minute decision, and I ended up going to play in Ontario uh, at Ontario wow. Hockey Academy. Yeah. Wow. You know what? And 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 um, shout out to to Joan and Mike Wild. They actually told me that you had a hard time making it to the Mooseheads, but I didn't know it was that tough. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, Did Cam and Bobby and those guys stay in touch with you just to make sure that everything was focused? Because I'm sure that's not where they thought that you were going to end up being when you got cut. No, definitely not. So it was a bit of a shock and surprise for them because uh, what we were maybe we were because as as a, as a miniature player first year, you can only have five 15 year olds when we were playing. So we were only five and I think only three of us got drafted. So for me to come back and and not be part of that those those three guys that came back and and you know be a dominant player in Major play for my second year uh it kind of hurt and then after I was like kind of lost so I was like I guess I know I'm, where am I going from here you know and then um I had a couple buddies going to from mid that people that I knew from from Montreal that were going to Ontario Hockey Academy and basically you know I took the the chance and went over there and I was fortunate enough to have some some pretty good coaches Luke Beck and he was actually assistant coach for the the uh, Charlottetown Islanders when uh, for Charlottetown when I was when I was playing junior. So, you know, I had some pretty good coaches 
had a little bit of a hard time over there. I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought I was uh, the shit, you know, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, with school and stuff like that, being away from home, it was a little tough to get into all that. And, you know, nobody's really watching you, watching, you know, so um, me and my coaches had a little, you know, we were button heads a little bit, but, you know, at the end of it, at the end of the day, it all worked out. And then the next year I came into camp and love, we made the team, you know. You seem like a guy that bets on yourself in life. You know, we've, we've kept in touch since you left the Mooseheads and, you yeah. know, life hasn't been easy for you as it hasn't been easy for me. And, and you always seem to be a person who bets on yourself. So I guess going into that camp, knowing that that team was going to be as good as it was, did yeah. you feel like, the, you know, you're going to be fighting for your place again? Or, or did you go in with a confidence that, that kind of took you over the top? I definitely thought I was going to still be battling for a spot. Any, any, anywhere you go at the end of the day, it's a battle for the spot, right? So, you know, camp at camp, I think I did pretty well. I did well in my first, my second year. Coming back to camp uh, uh, with the Mooseheads, um, you know, I had a pretty good preseason. Um, you know, I still think I was still battling, though. Um, but I did come in with a different mentality. I did work out uh, a shit ton that summer um because I didn't want to have that same feeling coming back and not being able to make it my second year right so um did I think I was going to play every game maybe not but I still thought that I could still play with the, with the big boys you know so you know I had it in my head and I was confident enough and there again I, I made the squad and throughout the season you know I didn't play every game but I still gave it what I had when I was on the ice and you know I took a I didn't have that top four role or, you know, top six. Sometimes I was in the lineup. You know, I still played a, a good amount of games. I think I still played about yeah. 50 games or something like that yep. as a first year. So especially with the team that we did have, um, I was still fortunate enough to get on the ice with those guys. So uh, I was definitely happy about that. You know from playing here for two years that this this city loves its players and, and it, yeah. it just it becomes part of the culture. It's it's the skin of the body of the Halifax Mooseheads. It's it's the players that aren't exactly the superstars. Sometimes they're not in the lineup, but you know, are they in the concourse talking to fans or wherever else? And you were one of those guys always. Uh, you know, talk about I guess this culture, you know, before we talk about uh, the end of that 2013 season. Like, you know, what did you think about playing in Halifax? You know, you knew you were playing in front of the big crowd, but I guess talk about that first time stepping on the Metro Center I it was honestly it was an incredible feeling even before the season the the love that we got during preseason was crazy you know the hype the hype before the even season started it was it was something incredible you know so you know I like I said I didn't play every game I didn't start all the time but being in the crowd you know it was a little bit frustrating for me because I, I thought that I could play so being in the stands and you know getting those questions you know feeling the love from the fans and being like oh why aren't you in the lineup tonight you should be playing blah 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 that you know, that, that's, it's, up, it's, it's, it's uplifting, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But at the yeah. same time, it's frustrating. You yeah, know, that's true. That's you true. Should, you know, you should be out there, right? So, well, it was one of the things yeah. like from from the the 2011-12 team, like they were they were just missing that little bit of grittiness. And there were times like I mean, there, you guys didn't lose many games in 2012-13, but no. it was yeah. something that was really beautiful about that team from 2011 up until 2014. It was yeah. it was special, man. Everybody that was on that ice and and you know even the backup goalies had character. I mean, Chris was the man. Like it was just oh, 100%. 100%. yeah, like it, like it was it was top to bottom, man. And and you yeah. the, the mold perfect. Um, I guess as that season went on, I know uh, the first time you and me actually met was when you were on the back end of 
recovering from that pretty nasty ass injury. I guess maybe like, you know, talk about the incident without getting too much into it and yeah. like, the other end of it. Yeah. But honestly, it's uh, honestly, I knew it was part of the game. It, it happens sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, you see, you see, you see injuries happen all, every day, right? So during hockey, it's, it comes with the support, especially when you're playing half visors and stuff like that. It happened in the moment. I was shocked and it was like kind of, surprising because I, I I didn't know what, what happened you know like it happened so fast and all of a sudden I, I go back to the bench and my, my my trainer said that my my jaw was broken and then I was like oh okay whatever because I, I thought I just lost some teeth and then I was like okay you know I'm a tough I'm a tough mother you know and I was like okay maybe just put on a cage and we good but uh no no, no it was <laughs> I broke my jaw and I was it was like, it was oh. bad <laughs> yeah it was bad it was finished after that so uh, but I did come back pretty quick after that. Um, mentally, I think it didn't really phase me that much. You know, at the end of the day, I still got some hype over it too. You know, it took over, took over the TV and the internet and stuff like that. So it was, it was on TSN, Sportsnet. Yeah. Like I think you were bad. even on like American television because, like, I guess like you know, it doesn't really like feed the ego in a positive way but I guess like you know was there you know from the fans you said they were talking to you checking on you and stuff like you know did that help the recovery at all like you said you came back quick you know mentally it didn't really phase you was that a part of it yeah it definitely did you know I felt the love and it, you know when certain things happen like that to you you don't want to feel left alone and alone right so especially being away from the family ain't nobody there to you know not I wouldn't say baby you but I'm saying you know there's nobody there to show you that same love that your family would that's, you know if you were to get into something like that so you know, feeling it from the fans and, and, you know, they always kept me, my mind going, you know, they always kept me smiling, even if I had a messed up face. So, you know, so when I came back, I was excited to get back on the ice and just kind of give that back to the fans and just show them what, you know, my coaches, whether it was, you know, uh, GMs and stuff like that, just show them that I'm, I'm ready and I'm, I'm willing to play and pay for the price. Right. So. So when you got back, at that point, I think more or less the entire country knew that these guys were for real. It was either you guys or Portland. I don't think anybody would debate that. Um, at what no. point during the season did you guys think that, you know, and I mean, Bay Camo was obviously competition that year too, but at what point did you guys think, you know, this is the year? Or did you guys kind of hold that card close until the President's Cup, until that last minute when that place was full? And I, I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think we still held that card behind us. We know we had to keep it, keep it still. You know, any it, playoff hockey is different. You know, uh, even when we played Rouen, they're still a, a boom team. When we when they were coming out, they still had some top players over there. You know, so we basically just we had it in the in the back of our heads that you know anything is possible. We, anybody can come back and, and take a win, right? So you know, it's a seven game series. It's it's long. I don't care who you are or who you're playing against you can have a shitty run right so well i mean you weren't part of the you weren't part of the team the year before but i mean the mooseheads that they, they came back down 03 against quebec like that i remember being there was a game jeesh would have been game 6 5 maybe game 5 i think they they won game 4 and of course it's yeah. like you know uh, they're down 3 1 but when they won game 5 <laughs> I remember my buddy, like, this is why 2-3-2 two, two is good. They're going up there and they're winning both games. And it's all about momentum. And, and you said it, like, Definitely. it doesn't happen very often in any sport. Um, but it happens more in hockey because yeah. it's, it's a momentum sport. And yeah. when you get that ball rolling or puck rolling, I guess, it's hard to stop a team that's on fire. And, and you guys were that team. So Literally, it takes one hit, one goal, one save to change a whole series, right? Even if you want to look at my – my second year when we lost to Valdor, 
Oh. Um, with, with, you know, we thought we were taking it again, right? And yeah, they didn't yeah. have, they didn't, Valdor didn't have many players. No, nope. they, they had, had they had, they had that players. one, that one bastard named Anthony freaking Mantha. That's all they yeah, had, exactly. man. Mantha and they had a defenseman. I forget his last oh, name. Yeah. Was, um, and the goalie. Uh, Bebo was yeah. the goalie, I think. Yeah, wasn't Bebo it? was the goalie. And what was we that defense? Still, we were still putting on freaking how many shots a game? Like, you know, we oh, thought we were going to win that. So, yep. you know, we didn't. I think the second year came with that. The second year we came around, we took things for granted a little bit and kind of just kind of, you know, took our foot off the gas a little bit and because we thought we were taking it, you know. We were like, oh, they only got, what, three players, four players? What, yeah. we, got, we got a full squad, so. I think even as know. a fan base, we were like that that second year, man. And, and you know, for – it was kind of weird looking back. We were, a, a, we were starved. Like, you know, when you talk about the Halifax Mooseheads history, it should yeah. have had more championships in it before you guys came around. Yeah. Um, always you know they either ran into a great team or a great player whenever they made it to the championship so we're yeah. semifinals playoffs lots of playoff chokes is basically what i'm saying um, we were we were spoiled we were spoiled yeah. to to put it lightly we were completely spoiled by you guys and 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 you know for you to say that it actually kind of validates what we were thinking too in the crowd yeah. like you know this no, sucked but there's you know, no this, there's no reason for the reason why we lost that year yeah we had basically the same years if not we had some players that were even better our second yeah. year obviously we didn't have Nathan McKinnon but we still had young superstars that came in the second year and, and took that role and even if you remember Gadouri yeah. he came in and, and oh, he stepped up too, you know? so that was there was your double joy right there for me and I was like okay and you had you had all those uh the European guys coming in and you know Joe coming back after after Christmas was uh, definitely a big help but we were already we were still looking up either way so yeah. Uh, there was no reason for us to to lose, but it is what it is. It happens. So. And regardless, like I say to everybody, that that when you when you talk about 2012-13, you still have to include 13-14. You know yeah. that was that was a year, and even past that, like the the years past, and and I know you weren't a part of it. And we'll touch on that in a second, but you know yeah. we had Nick and Timo here after the fact too, and, and you know the the you guys built and developed a culture that is still existing to this day. Like we just had the Memorial Cup here. A uh, couple seasons ago now, and you know that's uh, all everybody talked about. You know, remember back in 2013 that President's Cup run, that Memorial Cup run, and yeah. your name and everybody else's name would, would just be brought up consistently. And it's yeah. it's just true memories. And and I always say to everybody, 2013, 14, that season was a lot of fucking fun too. Like, yeah. I mean, that season I had some ups and downs. That season, I still I was in the lineup every night. Um, I mean, I got injured a couple times there, but. I was still in the lineup, so I was happy about that and just being a regular player on the squad and just being able to contribute more than, than the year before and being part of an amazing team that could have made another run for, you know, a President Cup champion or even Memorial Cup, right? So definitely ups and downs, you know, and then even I found out the mother and my kids got pregnant, right? So there was uh, ups and downs through through that, and but I still, you know, I think we had a pretty good year, so... It is what it is. Like I said, it is what it is. We lost, but we definitely took our foot off the gas during that year. So as the season ended, you just said, I was actually going to ask, like, you, you, you had some personal things come up. Did that facilitate the move from Halifax to be it, closer? It definitely did. Yeah, um, okay. You know, the mother of my kids coming from from Montreal and, and, and Chattagee, where I'm from. So, you know, being far like that, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be the easiest. And you know, when you're a hockey player, you want to focus on hockey too. But did I get closer to home? Not really. I got traded to Shakuni. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it wasn't that close. It's still a freaking uh, five to six hour drive, depending on how the uh, the, the storm is. Yeah. So, yeah, no, being a, that was definitely why I wanted to get away from Halifax. Was I heartbroken that I had to leave? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, but I think that getting at a new team. I think that uh, you know playing in Halifax that year with uh, Steve Hartley. You know, did I get the chances that I sh- should have got? No, because I think I still should have had more ice time that I did. But hey, you know, it's their it's coach's decision. And, you know, I was a little frustrated and going through what I was going through, you know. So I definitely thought that maybe going somewhere else as well was like a new start for me, a new fresh start. And, you know, uh, it was time to make a name for myself. So not just being the father and a, a player in the Quebec Major Junior and just, you know, being able to just, you know, succeed and excel where where i'm at right so that's what you have in mind you have to have your you it's a team sport but at the same time too you got to have your your yourself uh, ahead of certain things right too because you want to you're trying to you have you have a goal to reach right so you know no disrespect to the moose heads or anything like that and i loved it there it was like i tell my i tell everybody right now if i was to go back anywhere i want to go back to them to Halifax, even to live just to live there I, I loved it. I it was incredible. Nah, it's you'd be well taken care of if you came home. Let me leave. Like <laughs> I said, man, the the fans loved you. And when they did the the reunion, we were pretty upset that you weren't part of the celebrations because, like I said, you were a cult legend. Um, mm-hmm. there there's a, there's a handful of names from that year that that people bring up that you wouldn't expect, but you know, yeah. you're one of the first four or five names that somebody would bring up. So. Um, you know, that's, that is, you know, something that you just said, you know, you, you almost have to make a sacrifice and, yeah. and you made that sacrifice, but it kind of came back around for you. Um, and you ended up playing with the Ramparts and they ended up going yeah. on a Memorial cup run as well. So, um, but to take a step back, cause, cause I completely skipped the most important part of that whole 2012, 13, 13, 14. I, I, I need to know what it felt like to lift the president's cup first. And then following the fact to lift the Memorial Cup, despite the fact, you know, you, you, you weren't a part of the tournament, but like those guys said, you're a big part of the off the part off the ice culture for this yeah. hockey team. So like, you're a big part of why we won both. So I, I guess yeah. just, just, just give me them, give, give me the, describe it, man, just describe it. Cause I know how I felt and I didn't even get to touch a trophy. <laughs> no, I feel you. I feel you. But uh, honestly, the, the feeling was something incredible, honestly, because I was a part of that president's cup right I got to play in that game I got to play a couple of games during those playoffs you know so you know I felt like I actually contributed so for me to be out there and and you know being able to lift that cup was something something special you know like you know you feel part of something it was the first time I felt uh, an accomplishment you know what I mean especially coming in as my first year the year before that I didn't make the team um and you know the ups and downs that I did have, you know, with going back to Middle Triple A and stuff like that. So at the end of the year, it was a, a big accomplishment for me, and, and and I'm sure a lot of the guys too, right? So you know, uh, me and Liam, remember? I don't know if you remember Liam Alcalde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played. We played together at Ontario Hockey Academy. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, we played together. So for me and him to go there the next year and and be a part of something special like that was definitely something incredible. That's special. special. So like, like, you know, like I said, you weren't part of the Memorial Cup actually physically, but you know, again, what what was that like? Cause you know, you said you had a football background. Did did you feel lucky in a weird way? Like, did you like, kind of like, I I know you worked hard to get to that point. I'm not trying to like discredit you, but like, like, did you kind of feel like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, how did I end up here? Like, like, I guess, I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Just kind of, I guess, give me your wavelength. 
No, for sure. I I did feel lucky because at the same time too, you know, we we played against players that have been talked about, you know, that were have been on TSN and and people going bananas over these guys, like, you know, the London Knights, Port of the Winterhawks, stuff like that, the guys that are on the team. So for me, you know, we hear the hype all year. We hear the hype of the teams all year. And then after we come around and we, we get to play against them. So it was uh, something special to watch. Um, and to see our guys dominate the way that they did in that in that tournament. I know we lost one game against uh, Sask, uh, Saskatoon. But, and uh, <laughs> we did not think that was going to happen. And that's another thing, you know, you never know. In that tournament was something special, definitely. And even after when we won that cup uh, the way we did, you know, like I said, I wasn't part of it, but I got to go on the ice and, and just, you know, and get that feeling of being part of something like that. It was, uh, it was amazing, seriously. So now back to where we were at when you were in Quebec. You had another yeah. shot at it, you and Zach. And I, I don't, were there any other Mooseheads on the team that year? I can't Brandon think of it. Murphy. That's right. Yes, that's right. right. That's right. Murphy. So, no, that was, uh, I was shocked when I, when I, when I was in Shikudumi and then I didn't even know I was getting traded. Oh, okay. I Interesting. Because I, no I actually, you know, sorry, it's not to cut you off, not to cut you off. It was, it was one of my favorite parts of like, you know, the Mooseheads were kind of like on that. Uh, so you, you're kind of yeah. following to see where the other guys went. There were still a few guys left playing junior, getting there, 19, 20 years old. Brian's on Quebec? Yeah. Joel, oh, damn, Joel, this is crazy. Understand. I was like, and you know what I found out was the worst part? I found that on Twitter. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and I see a one-for-one one with uh, McQuaid. And I was like, what? I'm going to fuck you. I'm going to, sorry, I'm my language. I'm like, I'm going to Quebec for one-on-one -on -one trade with, uh, with Thing. Because honestly, I thought... Because we were we weren't unsure. We had a, on on paper in Shikudumi, we had a we had a crazy team, but we weren't doing so good. You know, there was some talk of me being traded, but I thought I was gonna go to a bottom team. You know, and at the same time, I would have been happy either way because more ice time, more playing time. And then I'm scrolling through Twitter, and we're like, we're not sure what's gonna happen. Uh, me and my buddy Reed Hallaby. We're both playing. He, I don't know if you remember Reed Hallaby. I do. I do. Tough, tough guy. Tough, tough son of a. Was son. he friggin' ever? <laughs> yeah. Me and him were, were like we were chilling out on the on the bed planes in Call of Duty, and I'm looking through. We're looking through Twitter. He's like, "Yo, Lovey, you're going to Quebec, bro." I'm like, "What? I'm what? No, no, you're joking." He's like, "Bro, look on Twitter right now," and then I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm going to Quebec." It was. I was so nervous that's how we kind of were like well i mean that was a team and i mean i know not to like you know put salt in it you, you <laughs> didn't end up finishing the job i'm sorry yeah. but you know <laughs> that team was like it was kind of following the halifax model that was just yeah. built two years before like yeah. had acquired draft picks had this stacked team made some yeah. amazing trades just to intricate the roster Definitely. Talk about some of the guys on that team, too, because, I mean, everybody knows about the guys on Halifax, like Drouin, McKinnon, yeah. Burke, uh, Abeltauser, Fucali. But talk about some yeah. of the guys on that Quebec team, because I heard all Quebec kinds of team. stories about that was a fun roster from top to bottom. So it was uh, OK. It was like Halifax, but it was a diff because Halifax was English. OK, so it was like all of that again, but in French. So, and <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to be really honest with you, it was basically the same thing. It was like, 
the ride, the guys were amazing. And then, you know, it went from English to just completely French. So, <laughs> it, but at the end of the day, it was all guys that I played against me as a younger kid, right? Like Brew Yard. We, I played against like Graves back in the day. I played against uh, Duclair. I used to grow up playing Duclair all the time. Um, you know what I mean? And Gauthier and, and all those guys. Like, we all played miniature play against each other and stuff like that. So, you know, it wasn't anything new to me. It was just a different, a different vibe if you want to say per se different vibe going from all english and you know country and you know this and that and then going to quebec city <laughs> and then after it's like you go to quebec city and it's like house music and you know the guys in the room were having a good time a little bit more crazier but no it was definitely a a good time and to know that you know i got traded to a team that actually wanted me and it wasn't it wasn't a bottom team. It was a top team that wanted me and going for another run. So I felt pretty special. Definitely going there. Like I said, the story didn't end the way you wanted it to that season. But I mean, like no. I said, you you've had a lot of fun. And anybody I've talked to associated in around the team or just knows the in and outs of that team said you guys had a yeah. ton of fun that year. Yeah. At the end of that year, you knew that your options were probably getting to a limited point. Where were yeah. you at then? post junior at that point correct or did you still have a year of eligibility left and then i still had a year of eligibility yeah. left um i got injured five games in in oh, quebec city okay i was just working my way up the ranks and you know trying to you know try and be a, a contributing player to the team and uh i ended up uh tearing everything in my ankle and Damn. i i broke my the, the fibula i think it is yeah that would be it yeah and the ankle. I yeah. was out for like three months or two months. They told me that my season was like not finished. I could have maybe came back during playoffs. Um, so that kind of scared me a little bit just because I knew that was kind of the year for me, if you want to per se, because, you know, for them coming to get me and then being part of a, a team that's hosting Memorial Cup, I, I get to show myself. Right. So that year didn't end up working the way I wanted it to. I played only what one or two games in the Memorial Cup. I just wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. You know, coming back from an injury, I haven't been skating that much because I had a, I had screws in my ankle. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't the same. And then uh, basically, uh, but I busted my ass off working out, trying to keep in shape. We ended up losing in the semifinals against Kelowna. Uh, it was a terrible game. Refs were brutal. We definitely could have went further than what it is like because we lost what 2-1 to Oshawa yeah, yeah that year and you know they ended up winning everything and I was like we were the the number one competitor for them right so when they played Kelowna it wasn't anything anything spectacular so um but that happened and that year went by and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do you know I had a new had a newborn baby girl um so for me I was like a big decision for me whether I was going to stay home or try and crack a squad. And me in Quebec City, there was already, what, five or four returning 20-year-olds. And they had already camps at NHL and, you know, AHL or whatever you want to say, or drafted. So for me, it didn't make any sense to come back because I knew I wasn't, I wasn't going to crack one of those spots, to be brutally honest with you. So I decided to stay back home and play junior AAA. I played for the Valleyfield Braves, which I did have a pretty good season over there. I ended up getting traded to Terrebonne, trying to make a run for the, uh, the Napa. I think it's the Napa Cup or whatever. I don't even know what it's called. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a, it was a bit of a surprise for me because I've never, you know, I never imagined myself playing junior AAA. 
And uh, fortunately enough, I was able to get a contract in, in France. And took it over there, you know, then after my second, my second was coming. And, you know, being away from the family, I went to France and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wasn't a life that I could actually live from. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. So I decided to just say, forget it. I came back home and played a little bit of semi-pro. And then from that day on, when I came back and I made the decision to come back home, it was kind of like a heartbreaker for me because I was like, yo, hockey's finished. That was kind of like where I was going to get to. Like, when did when did that point come for you? And I guess you said like France, you know, you, you realize like this isn't really sustainable. Was it mental more so? Like, you know, you said you were talking about just missing the family more so than you still felt like you can play at that high competitive level. It was just a, a decision you had to make, man, at the end of the day. Yeah, it was definitely. I still thought I could play. I yeah. No doubt about it. Um, even sometimes to this day, I still think I still got it where I can still play somewhere. But, you know, it's a little bit, it's hard to come back from, from certain things, right? So it's not the same. And um, when I came back home, it, for that decision to be made, it was very hard for me. Like, to be brutally honest with you, I cried. Like, yeah, man. Thinking about, I cried thinking about it. Like, I was in my room, um, and then just one day I called my parents and I called the the wifey and the kids, and I was like, "Yo, I'm coming home. Like, I can't do it. It's it's heartbreaking to me, but at the end of the day, I got to make a decision and what benefits me and and you know what I got going on in life. And I ended up coming back home. It is what it is, and that I just took my responsibility, and it was just it from there. I thought I could just play semi pro, and yeah. you know. After that, me and the mother of my kids split up. So that was another big part of certain things. You know, I we weren't doing so well. And I was like, I wanted to make a comeback. But I had, I was going through, I went through my depression. I went through depression hardcore. Yeah. And yeah. I went through anxiety and stuff like that. So, you know, you know, and I think it was a big reason as to why was me coming back home and leaving hockey and just kind of focusing on something that was important to me as well. You know, I had love for the game and I love my family to death and me making those choices and both of them not working out. Um, it kind of, it, it broke me down, you know? So I was like, I need to get back to something I love to do. But when you're playing hockey and trying to make it pro or whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter just hockey or just professional, any sport, you got to be a hundred percent mentally and you got to be ready. And for me, I wasn't a hundred percent mentally ready. So I had a hard time finding myself after. And I think at the end of the day, you're an incredible father. You know, you, you want to be 100% committed to that. Um, no, definitely. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, hockey's a game. Yeah, sure, mm -hmm. you can make a living off of it. But, you know, you, you, you want to be able to be 100% the best you can be for your kids. Yeah. And no, if you're, definitely. you know, as a father myself, I've been in positions already in the last three and a half years where I've had to make a decision. You know, yeah. I could have went away for work or, or you know, an opportunity to, to move to this place or to do this yeah. there and, or, or, you know, a job where maybe I had less time with my son. And it's, you know, you get to a crossroads, but you when you look back at the decision, there really was no decision. And, no. you know, in, in your case, you made the right one. How old are the kids now? I got my daughter that's six and my wow. son is four. I got two beautiful babies and, yeah. you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, like, you know, there is, you know, it crossed my mind back in the day I was young and it crossed my mind, like, you know, 
leaving and, you know, just doing my thing and trying to pursue my career. But honestly, like I said, my head wasn't there and, you know, me and the mother splitting up and, you know, there was a lot of stuff in between me and her too. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to get too much into detail when it comes to that, but you, you understand, you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. So, yes, brother. We've had that um, discussion that we, yeah. like you said, we don't have to have that on the air, but we've had that. We've had this conversation off yeah, the air once or twice. So, so I, yeah, there was even a point where I had to step aside from all that, my family and stuff like that, and just try to rebuild myself and, you know, and get myself back to, to the happy Brian, to the, to the happy lovey that everybody knew I was right. So, Straight up. And was it hard? Definitely. Am I still learning? 100%. As a father, I'm still learning every day. Um, but I do think that I am getting better and better as the days go by and as I mature more and more. And the one thing was, is like stepping out of that dark place was finding what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And knowing that hockey, there's more to life than just hockey. I ended up saying, fuck it. It took me a while. It took me a long time. But I finally went back and I went back to school for carpentry, you know. Yeah, that was uh, actually my, not to cut you off. That was my next question. So I'm just like, <laughs> so I'm gonna get the question out the way just so because good. like, so, so yeah, good. like you, you just graduated, correct? Yeah, I just yeah. graduated so, about so maybe like six months ago. Good for you, man. Good for you. And, and I saw you were doing like some heavy work too. Weren't you doing some line work or something? Yeah, well, not even, I, we were doing, um, I was actually, I was like, okay, because well, COVID happened, right? Yeah. So then I started working, I started cutting trees oh and, that's what uh, it was i apologize being, uh, that's what being a little lumberjack you know so yeah. that's what I, we were doing and then after yo it was hard days and i was like yo i can't do this i can't yeah. do this and then i ended up graduating and i was like i got a call right away from work and i was like yo i'm dipping later good for Peace. you man good for you. <laughs> so, so what happy. so what got you into carpentry like was that something you always like to do as a kid or was it something that you like saw no. in a book and you were like you know what i can do this this is for me for my kids i can make a living doing this or is there something in between Honestly, there wasn't anything. It was more just I, I couldn't be behind a desk. Uh, me, personally, I couldn't be behind a desk, and I needed to be uh, moving around and thinking, using my head and using my hands. So for me, you know, having my kids and and basically knowing the situation that I'm in financially on top of it, for me, uh, being a carpenter uh, was one of the, the fastest things to do, to be brutally honest with you. It was quick. It took me like 10, 11 months to me to do it. And I was still able to work. So it was a short period of time so that I'm still able to fend for my kids and, you know, um, provide the way that I wouldn't say it wasn't a lot because during that time it was a little bit difficult because I wasn't working as much or I was, I was working like half week. So I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. So it was a little yeah. bit of a struggle, but knowing that I'm done and being able to eventually, you know, build houses and do my own thing to, you know, renovate and stuff like that it's 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 satisfying right so when you finish a job for me and you you know you make customer happy it's 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 an incredible feeling you know so good for you you know after hockey it was you know it was hard to feel happy about myself and have that self-motivation so for me being able to get something and get my life together a little bit it definitely was a satisfaction and a relief off my chest so you know, I'm thankful for, for doing that and having the people that I had around me and just keep trying to, you know, keep me positive and not let me fall off the map. And, you know, you know how, you know how Hawk sports works when, you know, somebody falls off the map and they just ended up, you don't know, you don't know what you end up doing. Right. So I was definitely happy that I kind of got myself together and, and now things are starting to look up, you know, uh, 
I'm still trying to do that self-love stuff because, you know, <laughs> I still got some more self-love to be doing, but, you know, I still got to find myself a little bit more, but we working on it. We working on it. Uh, good for you, brother. I think that might, that right there might be the perfect note to leave this on, brother. Um, yeah. This is super duper overdue. Um, yes, all was, my so. fault I, like i told you i'm king no it's here, my fault man. too nah i, I can't, I can't. it's like i, I, I yeah chasing but each other. We're chasing each other. The, the difference is though i mean I, you know i got I'm, I'm busy too you know i got a life we both have lives and that's just it you know I, I got a lot of respect and love for you and after this conversation man that's exponentially grown you know uh you were one of my favorite players for the mooseheads actually honestly i can say you're i can say you I, I i mean this genuinely too i'm yeah. telling you that from day one like yeah. there's there's guys that you see every shift they step on the ice whether they play five minutes a game or 25 minutes a game you know yeah. every stride every hit every pass every stick lift every every time they shouted a guy every fight because yeah. you had one or ten um <laughs> you know you know the guys right and yeah. and you know i'm glad we had this conversation finally brother and uh Definitely. i would love for you to come back on in a couple of weeks months even 100 um, percent, bro. just let me know i i enjoy talking to you too you already know yeah, that bro. you know we talk we text we do our thing and it's a you know it's a blessing being able to talk to somebody like you you know, the, the spirits up and the vibes are up and it makes me, it brings me back to my old days. So I definitely feel uplifted when I live, when I talk to you, bro. So oh, that's anytime, all love, much appreciated, bro. Man, that's all love. I appreciate you, bro. Big time, big time. Yeah, well, bro. once hockey starts back up, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll maybe do like a little preview. I don't even know if you even watch NHL. I barely even watch it. I barely watch it. I'm not really into it like that. It's yeah, just, me just either, no man. Crowd, no nothing. It's just boring. Yeah, it is getting to that point now, isn't it? But, yeah. you know, I'm doing this hey. now, so I have to pretend like I know what's up. <laughs> it's life. It's life. It's life. Now. It it's, is, man. It's life as we know it now. So. Straight up. Nah, Bry Guy, man, I appreciate you one thou, and uh, we'll be talking soon, bro. 100%. 100%. Much love, bro. You take care. You too, my dude.